it is the last Monday of the month. So, I mean, by now, we all know what that means. That's right. We're covering another Mission Impossible movie. This week, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. How Star Wars is it? Well, hello there, Mike. Hi, Josiah. You know, we should have done our cold open by saying something like, your mission, should you choose to accept it. This is our fifth out of six months doing wow. this shit. How have we not said that yet? <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Welcome to How Star Wars Is It? This is the our podcast. Our mission, if we choose to accept and it, we is do. to cover every Mission Impossible movie from now, from whatever month that was until December. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is like the only July, podcast. Maybe? Yeah, it's crazy that July, we've been August, doing this show. September, October, November. Yeah. It's truly wild. Um, this is the only show where it's the only show, not even the only podcast. <laughs> it's the only show where we uh, uh, compare things to Star Wars, rate them on a scale of one to ten of how Star Wars they are. Yeah, and a movie doing... with the structure and some sci-fi shit that's gonna get a high score. A uh, confection yeah. that's gonna get a lower score. <laughs> <laughs> and we've done. Let's see, we've done Mission Impossible 1, 2, 3, and 4. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing 5, a.k.a. Rogue Nation. Yes. Um, they kind of dropped the number scheme with Mission Impossible 4. That's right. Because it Which was like, I now think it's... was wise. Yes. In fact, um, you can almost look at the Mission Impossible series as two trilogies. You really could. Which is kind of Star Wars. It's true. And also Rogue and... in the title... Uh, I can't think of any other movies besides Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Solo, A Rogue Story. (laughs) Oh, wait, hang on. (laughs) And X-Men and X-Men First Class, Rogue. Yeah. (laughs) Um, X-Men, it's kind of interesting that they made Rogue the main character of the 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 first first X-Men movies. She was sort of the kitty or the jubilee of other instances. It's very interesting. Anyway, so uh, we're doing Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation. Yes. I just watched it recently with my parents. Mm-hmm. It's a good parent movie. And All I the Mission watched Impossible it back movies when I made movies. my um, Ikea video. And I remember mm. because that's in the video. <laughs> While I was waiting for one of them, one of the casts to cure, I was watching that cold open where he is attached to the fucking plane. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Is that is that another Tom Cruise? They actually did that? Yeah, he's he's like obviously more like harnessed in like strapped in but yeah just like the bare minimum so that they could paint it out and it still looked real um dude dude is a real like devotee he... to his craft yeah or he has a death wish and he's he, like Man. it's one or the other and and i like we were talking about him earlier today because uh, the episode of mission impossible ghost protocol came out this week as of this recording yes. we are by the way still recording before the election results have come out in right. fact, before election day itself. So, like, uh, if our tone feels weird because we're uh, <laughs> upbeat and energetic, it's because it's it's we're still in October. Um, yep. But we were Caitlin and I were talking about Tom Cruise today, and she was like, "Oh my god, could you imagine being married to him?" <laughs> and well, I was like, "Exhausting." No, because he's already married. He's married to movie making. Like, he yeah. just fucking loves it, and 
it's I don't know how much of it is ego. I mean, there's got to be a, a fair amount of it that's just like, yeah, sure, I'm Tom Cruise. I can scale the tallest building in the world. But the other part of it, I think, is he's just like he cares so much about making yeah. like great movies. I think he has such a singular purpose of vision, like that. It's I, it, it would be hard to just be his friend or marry Tim at all because yeah, he's definitely he's got to be a workaholic. Yeah. Um, so I right, mean, like, right out when the gate, when he did um, Fallout, the the latest Mission Impossible, like during filming, he would like shoot for you know ten hours or whatever, and then do like six hours of helicopter flight training. <laughs> like, what, what, what a the wild fuck human is being! Wrong with you? Uh, so right out the gate, I, uh, before we t- even talk about how Star Wars this movie is, this is a very Mission Impossible oh, yeah. movie. They hit all the they hit all the marks. First things first, we got. A good pal of Tom Cruise directing and writing this one, whose name I don't remember. Christopher McQuarrie, uh, and that's the... Yes. They're done. They're done looking for new directors at this point. Yeah, they figured it out. It, this is the fit. He is a, a, a frequent Tom Cruise collaborator, yep. so like these movies have now specifically become, like I feel like, the, they've always been Tom Cruise, but now like even more yeah, so. Yeah, he the worked on... Is, um, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. He worked yeah. on The Mummy, which I guess wasn't very good. I didn't see wasn't it. Wasn't very but... good. The the um, the um wild thing is I love that they start with the crazy stunt because they strap Tom Cruise onto mm-hmm. a plane and have it take off and then have him like parachute out with a, a pallet of warheads or something. I think that was and really smart the because candy. they realized at that point with the Burj Khalifa scene that the marketing they needed to do for the movie was just tell people the real thing he did. And they'll be like, I'll go see that. And they're like, okay, well, we'll put that at the front so that we got you and now you have to watch our movie we made. (laughs) Well, and and then they make him do another, like they they make the character do more crazy physical things later. But like that's the stunt right out the gate. And it's kind of like the free climbing for Mission Impossible 2 where they're like, here it is, it's right away, and let's go. Um, Okay, a couple things. This... I realized last week's episode was candy, and I got this so that I could have it during the episode, and then I didn't end up yeah. having it. Uh, a squeeze packet of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> so right out the gate, this movie is very Mission Impossible for a couple of reasons. Uh, we, we bring back some of the favorite characters. You got Benji, you got Ving Rhames is back. So you got Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames, and Jeremy Renner is back. Right. Uh, so it seems like they're like at the very least they're being like we know we've got a core group that we're going to bring back right. multiple times. But of course Jeremy Renner is like benched. He's got yes. like a fucking office job. <laughs> they don't let him do anything fun. Um, and so so that that's that's very Mission Impossible. The second thing is this is the f- like third time in a row they've done some version of. IMF is no more yes. or you are on your own Tom Cruise right. or you are on your own with your team. And and, they, and, like, and it was cemented kind of it in this movie too. Like in the in the very original yeah. one, he realizes that someone within the organization like is a mole or is a bad guy. Yeah. And then in 4, they go ghost protocol, which is like, okay, you are now on your own if you get caught, we don't know anything about you. However, that's always kind of the stakes, but in ghost protocol yeah. it's like we can't operate because we don't want to draw any attention to ourselves. But then in this, it's like the CIA is on their ass. I love that because the like well, and, they're and dealing with real the, world repercussions of the four movies of like fucked up shit that they do. Yeah. 
Well, and even in and even in three, he thinks that it's the um, uh, what's his name, the the head. He thinks it's the secretary. Yeah, right. And so he's he's like basically Lawrence making Fishburne. himself go on his own. So like this movie continues the the trope that these movies do of you're on your own, like kid. you're on your own, yeah. which makes me like, what is the IMF is a bad organization. If literally every time <laughs> they, their main biggest operatives have to be like, can't trust anybody. Gotta but only work by just, myself. Just like how JJ Abrams made the, like uh, the like throat tape that like records the voice mm. and makes your voice change or whatever. Like just how he made that like a little more realistic. Cause in the second one, they just had that and it worked or whatever. And then the third yeah. one, we showed how it works. This movie, uh, rogue nation does a more like reality setting of that thing. You know, like we see, yeah. we see the main bad guy is a former spy who becomes disenfranchised with his government and s- makes his own bad thing, his own rogue nation. The other like interest in this movie is Ilsa and she's a British spy, but we see how like shitty her government treats her. And then the IMF is like, Hey, we need you more than anything. But if anyone finds out about you, we don't know your name. Like yeah. it, it sort of, it sort of turns that like stakes um, structural trope, you know, like they 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 make that like we will disavow you thing just as a stake in the movie, yeah. so that like we we know he doesn't want to get caught because he won't be able to get out of it. But they make that become almost thematic and not just like you know like a scary danger. Well, to to jump off that because I had some problems with this movie. Mm. I think it's fun. I think it's well made, but I think that there are some problems with the themes inherent in a lot of Hollywood movies Mm. these days. And especially uh, like, especially this because right out the gate, like a little cute bunny tooting and then going, excuse me, would that be like a theme? (laughs) I wish it was. I wish it was, but no, Mike, it's in every kid's movie. Have I talked about about that? (laughs) We're unfortunately talking about themes of colonialism and imperialism oh. and uh, <laughs> the empire of the United States. Yes. Because the fa- the idea that they have the head of the CIA talking to anybody about how an organization operates without oversight or supervision <laughs> is hilariously yeah, that is laughable. quite funny. Because, like, because in the real world, the CIA is our IMF or whatever you right. want to call it. Except the IMF arguably has, like, loftier standards and goals right. because they're always about saving people. Yeah, Whereas yeah. the CIA literally Is kills protecting people. American interests, which doesn't necessarily yeah. 100% align with whatever the best for the world is. Yeah, and, and, like, I've listened to some podcasts recently about, like, conspiracy stuff that are, like, proven real ones, like MKUltra and other things the CIA did. And so, like, the CIA operated on... And experimented on American citizens without their consent or knowledge and killed some of them, yeah. probably, and made some of them sick for the rest of their lives. And also, with the chimera virus. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also has infiltrated world governments all over in order to make sure that they were like uh, okay with, with the US. Right. And that to say that whenever they were like talking about the syndicate and they were like, they're uh, 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 the syndicate's against Western interests, I was like, Good. Yeah. This is a good guy. Western You're describing... interests can boil down to one thing, which is profit over anything else. <laughs> yes. And so, like, it, it reminded me of in Black Panther, 
which is a great movie, when Killmonger is like talking to to T'Challa about like you know his purpose of like the world, what the world has done mm-hmm. to Africa essentially, and uh, you know to, to the black people all over, and how they're going to take back power. And I was like, yeah, yeah, good. This is a good guy. Right. You have made the bad guy a good guy. Right. And then he was very, uh, and it's part of the reason why he was a, a better movie and a good character is because he was like, you felt for him and you felt his motivation, but also just like from a political standpoint, I was like, he's correct. Yeah. Like he's not wrong. The only thing he's done bad, quote unquote, is killed some people who were, you know, maybe innocent, whatever. Which is the same right. with the syndicate when it's like they did do bad stuff because they, they uh, in along the way of killing bad people and like they bankrupted a global arms organization. I'm like, good. You're saying that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> it's like, yes, the 2000 people that died on the island. That is not good. But the fact that the <laughs> bankrupt of the global arms yeah, organization right. is definitely a plus. And so like right from the beginning, I was like, I don't like this because you painting the IMF and like the CIA as like kind of having to work together to sort of withhold this up uphold the status uh-huh. quo of the United States in the world. I was like, fuck that. That's not, uh, that's not compelling to that's me. That's a really at good all. point. It's almost sort of like the West wing. Did you ever watch that show? No, it's uh, no, like I this fantasy version of what like the U S stands for. Yeah. And, and yes. it is really touching and then you remember, like, oh, right, 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 right. The the way government actually works is more like Veep. Yes, <laughs> like yes. It's exactly. a bunch of power-hungry, narcissist assholes. <laughs> and so I think that's why this one didn't work for me, because as much as because in the previous ones, there is a feeling of removal from reality to where you're like, yeah, there's the IMF, and they go... And yes, they stop terrorists, but most of the time, literally what they're doing is trying to save the world from something bad happening that would kill a lot of people mm-hmm. who didn't you know like like didn't obviously didn't deserve to die and in this case yes they're going up against this this person who is committing terrorist acts but like the and and killing a lot of people in general but also there's less of a binary good evil it's not like he's going to you know, release right. a virus it's, this or whole nuke movie the world. Is a lot like muddier of like lines yeah. and like who's doing the right thing or whatever. And, I mean, it's and, like and, pretty and clear cut, that, but like it's 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 less clear than other Mission Impossible movies. Well, and I think they wanted it to be, be right. more clear cut, right. but I think the fact that they brought in the CIA and like mm-hmm. the fact that they have to be good guys at the end. And the fact that like the the bad guys are going against Western interests really muddied it up for me to where I was like. I don't like this plot. I like, I think Ethan's goal is admirable, but then like once you get up higher than just him as an individual, I'm like, yeah, you, they literally say that the British intelligence agency is bad because he ends up being the bad guy in the end, essentially. And so why are we okay with the CIA? You think they're not doing that too? Like we know they are in real life. So like, it's a weird thing that movies do because it's it's neoliberalism at its worst, <laughs> and I'm gonna get off my soapbox here in yeah, a little no, bit. Yeah, no. So I here's here's what I will say in response to that: um, the fact that you were able to um, not only do all that analysis, but even just like follow all of that amount of plot information 
is um, a real testament to you and your like wokeness and understanding of like world <laughs> politics because I watched this movie and I'm like, okay, cool. There's like an underwater thing and there's like a motorcycle <laughs> thing and then there's like, we don't know who she's fighting for. Is she a good guy or is she a bad guy? And then there's yeah. like the flute gun. <laughs> the flute gun <laughs> like, is great. What am I, that, what are my I, notes? Like when we talked about this, uh, about the last one with, with you and me and, and Ethan and Caitlin, the fact that all three of us were like, yeah, no, Caitlin, you're right. These movies, movies don't like follow a plot that's like particularly compelling but like you see how he was on that building it was so tall i do one of my notes does say i love flute gun so i do love the flute gun i think that Uh, whole sequence is great the fact that like there's like four entities that you have to kind of keep your eye on there's ethan and then there's the the guy and then there's ilsa and then there's like the president she's trying to shoot or whatever and then his solution is like okay don't shoot this guy don't shoot her shoot the president but only hit him in the shoulder like cool it's cool geometry you know like you're like you're keeping an eye on like all the like angles and stuff which is really interesting the the to to get off i'll I'll jump off my high horse here for just a (laughs) Mm -hmm. second because i think the only reason i did notice it is because i have i have a it's not a theory it's a pattern that i've been seeing Uh in movies and specifically children's movies which is concerning uh because frozen 2 uh (laughs) trolls 2 and uh whatever that stupid onward that pixar one all share this thing where essentially it's like uh modern capitalism has done the themes are essentially like capitalism and colonialism have done bad things but um it doesn't matter because in the end we're all people and it's all going to be okay (laughs) and it's like does nothing to address the problems right. and i think this movie does something similar where it's like there are problems but it's like but it's fine to worry about it but anyway off my high horse no, that's onto an that point. opera scene that, that makes me want to actually look at every mission impossible movie and think like what is the the thing like i suppose you could yeah. say it's the MacGuffin or the thesis or whatever the first one it's the knock list that's the thing they're trying to steal and protect right. which is the like names and identities of all sorts of secret agents that that is interesting because it doesn't involve saving the world but it does involve like secrets getting out and like people like ethan just getting completely assassinated because someone found out who they are or whatever the second one and there's like a deadly world-ending virus so that's like an easy MacGuffin to point at and be like okay if that gets out that's bad and if it's contained that's good (laughs) <laughs> well, so, 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 okay, for, and, and, and to, 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 to get too stupidly into this, Mission Impossible 1 is 1996, and so uh-huh. privacy at that point was still important because sure. we cared about privacy. 2000 is Mission Impossible 2, so like world-ending virus, like Y2K, That's like a good everybody point. is actually worried about that and kind then, of stuff. And then we thought maybe Mission Impossible was just going to be done after that because that movie was such right. a stinker. J.J. Uh, Abrams was like, I'm going to make a new one, and we're going to make the thing be Ethan will die if this doesn't go well like the MacGuffin was he and his wife and their well-being basically and that's and that's and that's post 9-11 uh action movie reboot where there is no world-ending thing the rabbit's foot you we don't actually know what it does because it's not important that you know what it does it's like stop worrying about that the thing actually is a bad guy is trying to kill the good guy yes and that's all we care about and then in the fourth one let's see it's the the guy Hendrix wants to he wants to like lower the population so people get more resources or something like that it's very it's very Thanos-y if I remember correctly is that yeah. right and it's it, he, it's nuclear apocalypse in order to create a better world after the nuclear apocalypse or something that's like right that. yeah um, and then this one 
it's like and that's tw- that's 2011 and I'm, i i don't know what the input or what the background stuff is there like it, that seems a little out of nowhere but uh-huh. maybe there was something going on i don't know um, and then, so what kind of is the the thing that um, Solomon Lane is trying to do in this movie? I can't remember because he's also well, in the I, next yeah. one. So essentially, oh, he is? Nice. He is. So essentially, the, well, then five I... Five and six are treated as like a singular entity. Like he comes nice. back. Well, so it seems to me that his sort of goal is to, with the syndicate, is to take, take down... Uh, Essentially, to deconstruct Western society, right, which is not a wholly bad position. You know, like uh, right. my favorite villain of any thing is Magneto, because yes. I like agree with him up until the point where his his means are executing people. Right. Well, and that's the thing with 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 Solomon Lane's like goal in this movie. It is, I think, p- part destroy uh, or like recruit agents who have been dead or dead or presumed dead who are who are sort of not satisfied with their government anymore right and he's disenfranchised by his government which is very indicative of that moment in time which was what 2014 2015 15 yeah well they they were filming and i probably filming before that Mm -hmm. but yeah that was during election for trump stuff you know yeah and uh trying to take down both the organizations like IMF and MI5 and CIA and also systematically take down the world governments and world like corporations that are causing everybody to causing stuff like CIA and IMF. So perhaps the most relatable villain. And also, like I said, a good thing. Like mostly that is good. Like if he hadn't killed 2000 people on that Island, if he had just destroyed the, the factory that was making that, that, that global arms thing, that's like, that's good. Like if Batman did that, I'd be like, Batman's a hero. Yeah, he right. has once again saved saved the world. I think um, I think I react stronger to the Philip Seymour Hoffman villain just because he's so like visceral. But I, this this is the best personal. villain so far because he's I, like I, I react. He's soft spoken. He's like a chess player. He's not yeah. like a brute. He's like a like I already have my idea in place. Was that good? Yeah, he, he's the Oz. <laughs> he has yeah, very good. He's the Ozymandias at the end of Watchmen, where he's like, "I've already made the move," and you're like, "Oh, yeah, right." Also, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is still a better. Uh, I'm gonna get like, her, and I'm gonna one in hurt general, her. just because it was a very pers. Yeah, it was a very personal, like, good guy, bad guy thing. But anyway, the opera is that, scene was is that amazing. Good? Can it I was do, also good. Can I do all the villains from? <laughs> uh well the only way to find out okay so there's the like british guy from the second one who like yeah he sounded like this <laughs> <laughs> no that's was that's that your good? pigeon that's your oh, pigeon from right. talking wild yeah, with which Dan. is basically just stewie griffin i know that i stole that um let's see um and then solomon lane sounds like solomon this. Lane. and then oh, i'm gonna find her and i'm <laughs> I'm going to hurt her. <laughs> Who was the one in four? I don't even remember. Four, his name was Hendrix, and he was just some British guy who looked oh, yeah, British some... and wasn't super interesting. He was like, oh, hi Who's... there, Mary Poppins. That's hello, what he sounded like. hello, chum. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Uh, more hello, ways that this is Poppet. More ways that this is very Mission Impossible and Star Wars to an extent, and, but then also not, is because we finally get an interesting female character. I think yes. Elsa is probably the strongest. That's right. But she is also the only female character. That's also and the right. movie 
the movie does begin with killing a random girl that Ethan just met in like a record store. Oh, uh, right. Solomon Lane's like, oh, this woman, violence against women. That's how we're starting this movie. And it's like, you know what's crazy? Guys, He's mm. in that listening booth and it's a glass box and he gets gas. And at, and the, then end, at the end, he's in a glass box. You know, they That's do so that a petty. lot in this franchise. They, w- that they, when Sawyer from Lost jumps off that building and throws that like little airbag down and it employs and mm-hmm. then he like lands on it. And then at the end, Tom Cruise drives off that little like parking garage cliff and then he uses the airbag in the car as oh. like a break his fall kind of thing. And then, of course, the free That's climbing is like a full circle yes. thing. Like they do a lot of that. That's that's interesting. I didn't even think about that, but that is true. Mm-hmm. I do love that's such a petty move for Ethan to be like, we have to, we have to make Guys, a glass box. Can we get our hands on like inch thick acrylic, like, like bulletproof? The fact, like like <laughs> the fact that 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 uh, what's Ving Rhames' character's name? Luther. Luther and uh, what's his? Fa- Who cares? I'm just Benji? gonna call them their actors. The fact that Jeremy Renner and Ving Rhames are oh, like, yeah. we're Brandt. not finished yet, making making their glass box. Yeah. He's like, we have to get it done before he gets here. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. You didn't have just to make a, a glass box to begin. <laughs> yeah, you just, or just grab him when he jumps down the <laughs> hole. Just <laughs> grab him. Just yeah, grab like him. Five of him. you, grab him. Yeah, just grab him. And then really you're already going to put him in the back of a truck. Just grab him and put him <laughs> in the truck. <laughs> like, tie um, him up real good. They also could not have done that same Fred from Scooby-Doo style trap today because getting your hands on transparent building materials right now is a fucking chore <laughs> because of COVID. Oh, that like, makes sense. Like service counters and stuff all right away oh. bought like sheets of acrylic. I, I work in museum design and fabrication and we, we share an office with the fabrication shop itself. And, uh, we have all this acrylic in one of the exhibits that we're doing. It's, in fact, it's an entire museum overhaul. So, like, there's acrylic wow. everywhere in this museum. And our, our fabrication, like, sh- project manager was like, hey, guys, we got to order this stuff soon because clear acrylic is going fast right now. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I didn't even like, thought about you know, that. That's four crazy. months, six months ago or whatever. But um, A couple more. I'm just going to run through some of these real fast. Yeah, so, yeah, this yeah, movie's yeah. also kind of meta because at the beginning when they're doing the CIA hearings, they essentially say like a lot of they're like your methods while effective seem to be indistinguishable from luck and chance, <laughs> which is like we've talked about. That's that, right. Like, these movies are lucky. And, and so they talk kinda... about like the Langley break into like yeah. they, they talk about like previous movies, like concretely mentioning. Yes. And they're like, the this is the Kremlin. The Kremlin of... exploded. Right. Like they, they, so that's kind of Star Wars because they are like creating a timeline, but also referencing both things that have happened in the movies and also referencing sort of meta awareness about the movies. Right. Um, and in, in so doing, I feel like they do take all that crazy shit seriously. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they make it feel as though it's not crazy. Yes. Um, because it feels, it does, it does, it feels lucky quote unquote, but Mm -hmm. while you're watching it in the moment, you're like, this all makes sense. This all makes sense. And I actually heard something about recently. It with furrowed brows. <laughs> I, I I made I, I heard this quote recently, which I think oh yeah, it was on uh some of these writers that are on a D and D podcast, and I think they said it's a Pixar thing where it's like you can use bad luck to get your characters into trouble, but you can't use good luck to get them out of trouble oh, because it's not good... as like convincing. Sure. And I was yeah, like, you would go, I think. Ugh, come on. Yeah. It's like and the then, Eagles, right? In Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and. 
I think Mission Impossible most of the time does a pretty good job to where you are like some of this was lucky, but but a lot of times it's also you're like, oh, they're just doing a very good job of the things they're doing yes. to make sure these things happen. So it doesn't That's feel like good luck that you say that we just watched National Treasure last night and that movie is so contingent upon everything they hope would happen. does happen. Yes. <laughs> like he he dips that that George Washington campaign button in their like special sauce so that like her fingerprints show up on the keyboard. He is betting that when she sees this like priceless artifact of American history, that she touches it with all ten of her fingers, and that she also <laughs> that she also won't wash her hands in yeah. between that and going to do something else or touching yeah, anything she, else. She she gets that present during her work day, and that gala is that night. She changes her clothes, she puts on makeup. Yeah, she might have gotten her hands wet, or just like <laughs> wiped them on anything else. <laughs> like, yeah, like her. Pants. <laughs> Speaking of national treasure, this, there's such a national treasure <laughs> moment in this in in Rogue Nation where he's like, "We're gonna have to kidnap the prime minister," and I'm like, "Yes, it's oh, like yeah. the I'm gonna have to." Because in the second movie, don't they kidnap the president or something I'm like kidnap that? Kidnap the president of the United States. And it's like the, it, it reminded me of the Andy Samberg weekend update. Yes, like, totally. Recurring thing where he's like, "I have to eat the president of the United States," or like whatever <laughs> yeah. it was, because there was yeah. a, a real national treasure moment. Going back to the opera scene, it's really great. Um, my mom had like read about it because she has a lot of friends in music and opera, and it was like apparently oh, uh, making the rounds in the opera world too, because everyone was like, "This is a really good opera and a good representation of huh. like pr- of performance." The opera itself. The only thing I was I, first off, flute gun is great. Mm-hmm. Second off, the like you said, the geometry and stuff was very cool. But the, the only thing I was like, "This is not realistic," is that there would have been. As soon as those lights went down on accident, <laughs> it would have been like, hold, hold, something's going on. <laughs> and like, as soon as someone fell, a techie backstage. There'd be a bunch of people with fucking headsets, yes, like, like solving there been, problems. <laughs> there would have been like 10 techies backstage. It would have been like, yeah. ah, hold, sorry, there's a danger to the actors. Hold, yeah. hold. Because like a person fell from the rafters and like right. lights were going where they weren't supposed to. And, yeah. and like, there's no way someone wouldn't have seen them because there's people whose job it is to stay backstage and make sure things don't go wrong. That's right. So that was the, that was the only thing where I was like, this, that this assassination plot would have gotten to like the first time that a light thing went wrong or someone fell and immediately they'd have been like actually stop the show we have to we have something to do yeah, and right. then they the, might have the been the able to the sh- only thing that could actually throw a wrench into an Ethan Hunt operation is a stage manager <laughs> <laughs> yeah. someone who's just as organized and uh, efficient as he is yeah but not flying by the seat of their pants no they have everything planned but that, that was the only thing i was like that's Apparently, not realistic that like that the, the the gunshot is timed to the opera sheet music thing apparently that's like a reference to like uh hitchcock maybe yes because there's some say. there's some uh, that sounds familiar um what a cool idea. This movie also is full of Casablanca references, apparently. I've never actually even seen that movie, but Ilsa is a character name, as well oh, as the yeah. fact that they go to Casablanca. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Ilsa's cool. She's a fun new character. I like... Oh, that's what I was going to say about this movie. This one, I think, is the best since maybe the first one at being like a spy movie. Yes, I was going to say that, too. It It does the crazy shit of the ones prior to it. But it um, doesn't feel so fantasy sci-fi. It feels a little more 
claustrophobic uh, yeah. espionage sneaking well, around. It's very sneaking around. I think it's because you spend so long not knowing allegiances of characters. Right. Even Especially like Jer- even like Jeremy Renner at a certain point, you're like, is he going to tell on them to the CIA? That's right. Yeah. Or is that part of the plan? Tell. Like you right. don't know for sure. Right. Um, yeah. No, I think this movie does a good job of like dealing with like some complexity that the one before it, you know, like I, I, I now that I think more about it, having thought about both of these individually, this one might have been a better one to show Caitlin because sure. the like lady character is more interesting and the plot has like a little bit more like gray to it than well, just like set piece and then fast forward a little and then another set piece yeah. and then fast forward a little. The <laughs> Ghost Protocol feels like a good action movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun. And this one feels like a good spy movie because right. it does feel like there is the entry and there are still cool set pieces like the the break in where he has to go underwater is the water one is great apparently when he was doing his like training regiment for like breathing underwater or or not breathing underwater with gills but yeah holding your breath apparently he got himself up to like six minutes what the fuck (laughs) like what the fuck is wrong with you in fact i think that might have been the thing that uh that I like, I was watching a YouTube video about the movie and I paused it. And that's when I said to Caitlin, like, apparently he was able to hold his breath for six minutes. And she was like, could you imagine being married to him? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> what a lunatic. Yeah. I just Googled how long can Tom Cruise hold his breath? And it said, Tom Cruise, it's from GQ. Tom Cruise trained with a military specialist for his underwater scenes in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Presumably mortal to- mortal person Tom Cruise can hold his breath for a process about a time six minutes. Yeah. What's the world record? Like I know it's probably something crazy. Yeah. I that that scene is great. And and, and talk about luck when he had the two yellow floppy disk card things. Yeah. And then they both go like free floating away and he just grabs them and just picks one and puts it in and that's the right one. Like Yeah, presumably you have to you have to think that there was some way he could tell the difference. Yeah. But like because like, otherwise if, it is just like Like no one's gonna go down to the fucking water chamber with the like spinning thing of death. And, like, make sure that all the cards are yellow. Why didn't you make your duplicate fucking, like, black or blue or what? Like, in fact, getting it like a yellow plastic chip feels almost like that's not a stock color. Also, (laughs) how do those... That's like a custom ink. (laughs) Also, what what a bad way to just do things in general because, like... The idea that you have to load in someone's gate every time someone new comes in. Mm-hmm. Do they have to do... I, I know that they could, like, shut it all down, but that's still, like, a lot of water. And then you have to go down into this... Right. And I guess they could pump the water out, and then you just go down dry. But it still seems like a real... Ha- like, if someone wanted to well, visit... Well, I, I, uh, they probably... I'm, I'm doing the thing that, like, Star Wars people do, which... Hey, Star Wars. Hey, Star Wars. Of, like... Uh, assuming good intent or like you know what i mean like yeah um, yeah yeah assuming there is an in-universe reason for this my guess would be they don't have a lot of people who have sure. to walk through that thing i guess and once they get someone they keep them but then yeah like you know my company every so often has to do a server reboot and a server reboot for them is drain go, the pool go into the pool <laughs> yeah uh, a, co- a couple more things Ethan loves defibrillators. He loves dying and getting defibrillated. Uh, it's his king. My hot ladies who look a lot alike. <laughs> uh-huh. And, oh, oh, also, real quick, the world record for longest time holding your breath underwater in 2013, at least, st- still to this day, it seems, is 22 minutes. 
what? Which is insane. But then also think of like Tom Cruise, who's just a regular guy. Not a re- I mean, he's not a regular guy. Is he six- certainly isn't. <laughs> That's he tr- just from training for not that long can hold his breath one quarter of the amount of time that the world record guy can. Yeah. That's insane. And, and, and I'm sure the fact that it's only a quarter makes him so pissed. I'm sure he wishes he could do 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah, I'm sure every time, Ethan, every time Ethan, I called him Ethan, every time Tom Cruise doesn't <laughs> do something that's a world record, he's like, shit, I got to make God another movie it. that's even better to make yeah. up for this. Um, Motorcycles. A lot of motorcycles. The... Okay, this goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, but, like, the way that, like, whenever uh, Ving Rhames and Jeremy Renner were looking up Ilsa and they were like, she's bad news, she's disavowed, I was like, how would you at this point... So are point, you! Yes, I was like, at this <laughs> point in your career, the fact that, like, you, sh- you, you shouldn't take... You know this. You know that you were disavowed for no reason. Right. Like, as far as you know, the only reason to be disavowed is that you are doing the right thing, even though you're told to do something else. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, you should assume that everybody who has been, like, disavowed from their organization is actually a good guy because it's happened to you guys, like, right. Because the organizations we're talking about are spy organizations. Yeah. I was like, at, at this point, I'm like, how do you. I mean, yeah. Anyway, we talked about that enough earlier about how these these organizations are bad organizations, and it's like they shouldn't be doing what they do. Also, the ending with like I was like I I, I think it's funny that Alec Baldwin's now the head of IMF, but I was like he uh-huh. better not be the head of IMF and the head of the CIA because that would be too much power. Was he? I don't think he was ever the head of the CIA, was he? I think he was just like an investigator into the IMF. I guess let's find out. Also, it was funny because like when my mom was watching it with me. Uh, she was like, ever since he played Trump, I just can't look at him because his face annoys me. And I was like, yeah. he has a very punchable face. Does, oh, wait, does no, he that's not her because he's portraying Trump or because of how he does it is very bad. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to now I'm going to leave in what you said because it's funny, but it was actually because she's watched too much 30 Rock. So she just sees him oh, as Jack, <laughs> uh-huh. who also has a very punchable face. OK, yeah. no, he's not the head of the CIA. He's just a high ranking officer. Ah, uh, yeah, right. No, he's the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. That's the director. He's the director. Weird. I, don't I like hope that. he's not both. Why would he be the director and then on trial by the organization he's the director of? Well, he's the director. Not on trial, but like a hearing. Uh, I don't know. It's very weird. And if he's the head of the CIA and the IMF, then like talk about not having any Double transparency. Um, I think that's all my notes, basically. We probably should go to a break. Do you have anything yeah, else to say? Uh, Any Star Wars stuff? Yeah. So, so the fact that there is only one woman in this movie is kind of Star Wars, but the fact that she's interesting and complicated is not very Star Wars. Very true. <laughs> this one has like less sci-fi stuff than like the right. last one did. It's, so it's, it's a, less Star Wars than four, I yeah, think, it's, and it's more four it's has more, so much goofy shit in it. It's more straight up spy movie. Yeah, it's it's spy movie, but not so realistic. It's like yeah. If Mission Impossible did a spy movie after yeah. they cemented themselves as Mission Impossible. So, like, Mission Impossible 1 is arguably a spy movie. Yes. But then Mission Impossible became this other thing. Yeah. And then they're like, what if we did a spy movie? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the Captain America Winter Soldier yes, of, yes, of right. the, the Mission Impossibles. Arguably still definitely a superhero movie, but somehow also a spy movie? Yeah. 
I, I, I just now remembered that I have the game and I remembered what it is and I'm very excited <laughs> to play it. So do you want to jump into the pit? And we can yeah, come back? let's jump on in. This is going to be so stupid. Whee! Let's jump in, but it's like water and it's like filtering yeah. down like a crazy funnel. And we go. And it's scary. And it stresses me out because it's too long and of a scene underwater. And we have like a health bar, like a video game on our wrist. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, when you were a kid, when characters were underwater in movie or TV shows, would you hold your breath to see how I, long? Sometimes when I would remember to, but other at, at the very least, I'm like, always on the edge of my seat. Oh, it's so like, stressful. Like, yeah, it's very stressful. You're, you're a sucker if you pay full price for a Mission Impossible movie ticket because you're not going to use the <laughs> chair. You're only going to use the edge. Yeah, you're going to be on the edge of the seat the whole time. <laughs> All right, let, now let's go to the pit. Okay, we- bye. And we're back. Welcome back to the show. I have the game this week. Uh, yes. Mike said something funny earlier, and I had to do it. So... Um, when we were <laughs> yeah, texting about right. the game. So Ethan is on his own for much of this movie. <laughs> he has to operate as a lone wolf, a solitary agent. And folks, after the tragic events of the World World Series in Dubai, where all the members <laughs> of the teams, the Mike Robbins, the Tatooine Moons, and the Miami Dolphins, tragically perished, the World Baseball Association decided that one versus one team versus one team versus one team. Baseball was too dangerous. In this, fact, by the way, is where the editor of the comic book will have an asterisk and it'll say like "see previous issue" yes. or whatever. <laughs> and it's the, we're talking about the end of October episode, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Yes. Baseball with three teams. And if you want to go even further back, we're talking about the baseball episode with Ethan. Yeah, <laughs> so. with, it was a baseball game on the baseball episode. Yeah. And so, in fact, in fact, they also decided that one team versus one team baseball was too dangerous because there was too much <laughs> doping, as evidenced in the Mike <laughs> Robbins and Tatooine right. Moons game before the World World Series. So now, all baseball would just be one team by itself, mm-hmm. no opponent, just solitary baseball. Got much it. like Ethan, all baseball teams now have to operate by themselves. So it's solitary. It's solitaire. <laughs> it's solitaire baseball. Uh-huh. So this is my solitaire slash Mission Impossible Five RPG. <laughs> okay, so do I need a D twenty? You do need a D twenty. <laughs> and <laughs> once again, I have not play tested this, and I have no idea if it'll work. Okay, so here's how solitaire baseball works. Much like regular baseball, you do have a field. Um, and much like regular baseball, there is offense and defense, but it's your own team playing offense and defense. So, Mike, where would you like to put your points for the Mike? The Mike Robbins have reformed, and uh-huh. but now it's just one. It's just one team. <laughs> where would you like to put your points for offense and defense? This time you have uh, five points to put wherever you'd like. Uh-huh. And, and um, uh, uh, so I'm playing against myself, though? Well, you're playing solitaire. So, essentially... Let me explain. So, yeah. Mike, in solitaire <laughs> baseball, there are the. Of course, you're familiar with the baseball diamond, right? Oh, of course. Well, in Four solitaire corners. baseball, there is a baseball diamond, but there's also a baseball club, a baseball spade, and a baseball <laughs> heart. And so, there's four different fields. This is the worst podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's four different fields, and in solitaire okay. baseball, you have to get because all your cards on the stack. You have to get in order: mm-hmm. a single, a double, a triple, and a home run on each of <laughs> on each of the fields. <laughs> because it's solitaire and it's baseball. Got it. So <laughs> the the thing is, every time you roll, 
Mm-hmm. Your bonus for offense, you can add that, and your bonus for defense, you you can subtract it because you're trying to get a, a single, a double, a triple, and a home run. So, to going with our original rules, a one through <laughs> ten is a single, eleven through fifteen is a double, sixteen through nineteen is a triple, and twenty is a home run. So it's easy to get a single, but it gets harder and harder as you go on. Got it. Okay. Um, so where would you like to put your and bonuses? Then, and then what does the defense do? It, it it subtracts from the roll? Yes. Offense will add to the roll. Defense will subtract from the roll. Got it. So I have five points, but positives and negatives counteract one another. Yes. Um, so, for instance, if you rolled a 12 and you really wanted it to be a 15 for whatever, or like if you yeah, rolled a, yeah, a 13 yeah. you wanted a 16 and you had plus three offense, you could add that to then make it a 16. But you don't right. have so to add it. So my options here are either three and two in favor of offense or four and one in favor of offense. No, no. so you don't. we don't add them both every time. You can choose to add or subtract. So if you have like... If you oh, roll, if okay. you want it to be a little higher, you can add Got offense. It. If you I want it to be a little lower, you can yes. Who does because thing. no one's playing against you. It's just you. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, for that, then, then with that, I will do three offense, two defense. Okay. So at any time and now, you, let me just clarify right now ahead of time. Is there a three fence? There is no three fence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I didn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't think any of us did because I made it too powerful. All right, so here's the, here's the catch to all this, right? You've got these diamonds, and you can, every time you get a single, you can put it on whichever one. You can tell me. I'll keep track. <laughs> and as soon as you complete one diamond uh, or one field, you'll win the game. Um, oh, but okay. right before you start the game. And oh, a here, field is a suit. Yes. Here's the okay. catch, though. If a roll can't go anywhere on these, then you have to clear one of them entirely and start that field. Like anew. a bankrupt. Exactly. Got it. And also, here's the other catch. Ethan Hunt shows up <laughs> right, bef- right before your game, <laughs> okay. and he tells you that Lane has captured Benji and that he and Ilsa need your help. The syndicate has infiltrated the World Baseball Association and has hidden th- <laughs> ha- and has hidden things on each of the fields that can only be accessed by clearing them. So if you clear all the fields, you'll defeat the syndicate. If you clear one of them, you win the game. So you have to decide how far you want to go. Got it. All and right, that's well, let's- the WBA? Yeah, the, the WBA, the World Baseball, yeah, a real thing. It's definitely real. It's not just the thing that I wrote down. Uh, so go ahead and let's start. Go ahead and roll, Mike. Let's see if you okay. can get a single to start out. Rolling. It is a one. Hey, <laughs> there it is. Okay, so which which uh, field would you like to put it on? Let's do that on spades. All right, we got a single on spades. Roll again for me. I thought about using actual cards to play solitaire, but I was like, no, I've, I've been forcing all of these to be D20 systems, so I'm going to keep doing this stupid thing where I force it to be a D20. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah, I suppose you could have done a D6 or a D4. I could have just been easier. like, roll a D4, and if it's a 1, then it's a sink, but I was like, yeah. no, we're not going to do that. No, because you're right. It is easier in general to get a single than it is to get higher. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, rolling again. It's a four. What did you say is the so l- uh, the upper limit of a single? One to ten is a single. Okay, so this is a single no matter how I slice it. Exactly. Uh, let's put it on hearts. There we go. We got two singles on two fields. Rolling again. This is a ten. Did you say one to ten is a single? Yes. Let's make sure we... 
have all the singles allocated and just go ahead and use this. This will be for diamonds. Okay, there we go. I'm going after the syndicate, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Take them down, baby. I'd love to win baseball, but like I want to bring, I want to put Solomon Lane in a clear box well, and fill to it be, with fog. To be, to be clear, this is solitaire baseball, so you wouldn't be winning regular baseball, just so you know. That's okay. Fine. Yes. <laughs> a one again. So no that's way. my last single. That's your clubs. Yeah. Okay. Now I got to start getting bigger numbers. Got to get some doubles. And the thing is, it has to be in order, so you have to get doubles here. <laughs> Fuck me. A two. <laughs> All right, well. So I've got to clear a thing, right? Yeah, but then. Let's just clear the clubs, I guess. All right. But then does that single count, or is that turnover? I think I'm going to say no, because okay. then you would just go right back where it was. So I've got a single on three, and then a zero on clubs. Yes. A ten. Okay, so I'm going to turn this into a double with my power with that I Great. have. Yeah. Um, so let's use that on diamonds. Love it. I haven't gotten anything above a 10 so far. This fucking D20 is fucked. Fucking rigged, dude. 16. What is that? That's on its a, own. Amazingly, that is a, a, a double. I'm sorry, a triple, a triple. It's a triple. Oh, it is a triple. Yeah. Let's use that on diamonds. Hell yeah, dude. This is going great. <laughs> are there, are there outs where I'm like out of the game? I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I think um, if you let's say that's right. You, You've never run this game before. <laughs> I think if you I think if you have to clear a field four times all then, the way, then yeah. you lose because okay, like there's okay. four so I've fields. I've already had to do it once. Yeah. So you've done it once. Okay. A nat ten. Um, let's go ahead and make that a double for okay. hearts. Love it. So I'm at three, two, one, zero. Yes. An 18. Is that a home run? An 18 is a, I believe an 18 is, what are, what are my freaking rules? <laughs> 18 is a triple. Okay. So that I'm, I have my bases covered, so to speak, I am going to use my offense power and make that a 21 and a home run for diamonds. Diamonds is clear. The diamonds are forever. Uh huh. And also, now I oh, have to fill out so these Mike, other ones. At the, yes. On the baseball diamond, there's enough money to give to at the end of it. There's because oh, it's oh, diamonds. Right. There's enough money to give to Lane Solomon, so he'll set Benji free. What about to Solomon Lane? Yeah, that guy, whatever his name is. <laughs> okay, so the money is what sets Benji free. Yes. Okay. So now let's Benji. Give it to him. Now Benji's on your team. He'll use it to, like, overthrow capitalist governments. Yeah, it'll be great. So now Benji's on your team, and okay. Benji has an ability to re-roll a roll if you want to. Oh, okay. You know, but that's you the real message of Mission Impossible movies is friendship. Like, it's you, true. you got to value your friends because they might have some kind of power you don't know about. That's true. Man, but when he dies in this movie and he's still kind of, like, loopy yes. when they try to get in the car and he like falls down and then they see luther and brant and he's like hey he's like, <laughs> it's very funny really also fun benji movie. can only do a reroll one time ever yes then okay. then he's too tired yeah well that makes sense okay rolling again it is another 18 which you said is a triple on its own and then a home run if i add to it yes let's use the triple on hearts great hey 
Is this fun, listeners? Listening to us say numbers? Yeah, I wonder if it is. I'm it having is for fun. for me because I'm like playing a game. Yeah, I'm I, playing it's, a game it's too. Not it's like, fun. It's not like an RPG where like the the aspects of the game pay off in story until no. I clear a field. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, what is a 14 on its own? 14 is going to be a double. Let's throw it on spades. There we go. So right now we're at, I've cleared the diamonds. My heart's field has a triple, and I need one more home run on that. Spades is at two, and clubs is at zilcho. Uh, What is an 11? 11 is a double. Um, But you could minus two to make it a nine. And what do I need to get a triple? A triple, you need to have 16. Okay, so yeah, let's do minus two to make it a single, and that'll go for clubs. Great. So now I've got guys on all the fields. Mm-hmm. What's a 13? A 13 is also a double. Um, that can go on clubs. But a triple is a 16? A triple is a 16 through 19. Let's do a triple, because I've sp- got the plus three offense. On spades? And put it on spades. Mm-hmm. This is going way better than I thought this it would. This is dicey. Okay, an eight. <laughs> oh. What gets me to a double? 11 is a double, so you can add three. Yes! Yes! So, okay, a score check again here. Hearts is at three. Spades is at three. Clubs is at two. I need to hit a home run big time or get myself a triple for spades. Yep. Uh-oh, what's a five? <laughs> <laughs> five is a single. Okay, we have to clear a field again. Yes. We're clearing clubs again. That's All right, my unlucky cl- one. Clubs is your garbage field. All right, yeah. you can only clear it two more times. Okay, rolling again. Oh, fuck me. Oh, well, this is good. A four. That's a single. All right, back on first at the clubs. Back on clubs. A one. <laughs> How many do I need to add to that to make it a home run? Uh, You could re-roll. You have Benji. Oh, Benji, where are you, dude? Reroll oh, for me. I'm right here. Let me go ahead. <laughs> Let me go <laughs> okay. ahead and reroll this for Benji's you, Govna. Using his reroll power, Govna. Mm-hmm. And it's a 16. Hey, what is that? That is a triple. What makes it a home run? A 20? A 20 is a home run. Fuck. What makes it a double? Uh, if it's a 15. Okay, so I'll use my minus two defense to make it a 14, and that's there we a go. double. There we go, there we go. Okay, so I'm still in this. I have two still remaining. Yeah, two wipes left. Two wipes. Oh, fuck me, a nine. I can't get to a triple with that, can I? Uh, No, you can only get to a double. Okay, we're going to wipe the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> wipe the clubs. clubs. And all right, listeners, we're going to need a T public artwork uh, from you that just says wipe the clubs. Wipe the clubs, please. <laughs> okay, rolling again. Oh, fuck. Oh, wait, wait, again. Okay, eight. That's a single. We're throwing it on clubs. There we go. So what? I have one more wipe left. One more wipe left, yeah. Eleven. Also, let me just. What okay, gets le- me a double there? <laughs> uh, 11 is a double already. Great. Let me just up the stakes for you real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the, at the last base, the home run base, uh-huh. the home base, and the hearts is Ethan, and his heart has stopped. 
Uh-oh. And there's a defibrillator there. And if you and don't I get to revive him? Yeah, if you don't if you don't save him, I mean the syndicate <laughs> the syndicate will win and also he'll die. Okay. Canonically in my RPGs. So if I at my next home run off opportunity, it's got to go toward hearts. That would be wise. An 8. Which I can add to to get an 11, but I already have a double as my lowest thing. Well, don't worry, because Ving Rhames actually just hacked in to your roll. <laughs> to the mainframe. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And he's going to let you roll again. Thanks, Ving. Not Luther, the character. But no, Ving it's Ving Rhames himself, actor. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Luther slash Ving Rhames. You got me a three. <laughs> Okay, okay, hold on. Jeremy Renner is now going to call you and he's saying, roll again. His power is just using a cell phone? Yeah, like he does in the movies. Okay. A 14. Okay, there we go. What gets me a triple on uh, clubs? Uh, 16 to 19. Okay, then we're using it there. All right. So now you got to get essentially a, a 20. <laughs> yeah, I got to get a 20 on all three of my categories here. Or at least like a 17. A 17 or higher, yeah. Well, here's what I did get. A four. <laughs> <laughs> Can you call like Paula Patton or Sawyer from Lost? Yeah, yeah, hold like on, a, wait. Who's it going to be? Uh, Alec Baldwin. Emilio Estevez before Al- his head gets impaled? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be Alec Baldwin. He's going to let mm-hmm. you roll again real quick. Oh, that's really nice of you, Mr. Secretary. Here's what Alec Baldwin got me. I did have a four. But thank God, Alec Baldwin came in to save the day. I got a two. <laughs> what is going on? I'm rolling so low. Okay, just, you know what? You know what? I'll, uh, I really want you to at least get one more. So I'm uh-huh. going to say that... That I did. You got disavowed, and Getting now- a natural two is so fucking crazy that you'll just count it as a 20. Um, yeah, you know what? It's going to be, let's see, Benji comes back and he does some, some more, uh, uh, tech stuff and he just changes that. He just puts a zero behind that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so now you got a 20. But so where here's you the that thing. 20? He put it in the wrong spot. It's before the two. So it's zero two. Now it's still a two. <laughs> Benji. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Would you like to put it on hearts? Yeah. 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 I want to revive Ethan Hunt. All right. Ethan's back. He's alive. And. <laughs> His ability okay, uh, is you can just decide, you can roll, but then you just get to decide what the number is going to be. Because <laughs> of, like, luck. Yeah, because he's very and... lucky. Okay, so you're saying I've got hearts covered. Yeah, you've got and hearts done I and roll, diamonds done. And then I can use Ethan once to decide what the number is? Yes. Okay, I'll roll. It's a 12. My additional uh, offense won't help me. So I'm going to use Ethan to decide that actually that was a 17. And I'll yes. add my three to it. <laughs> and would you like Just to clear? Just made it. Would you like to clear spades or clubs? I'm going to say spades because clubs is my, my bad one. Okay. Well, that's actually great because now you've got at the end of that with spades, you've got a lot of weapons and <laughs> okay. gear that you'll uh-huh. need to fight the syndicate. Uh-huh. Are um, they from the train from the last movie? Yes, they're definitely from the train. <laughs> so now, if you need to, you can add 10 to a roll. Oh, wow. I made the right choice. But you only have one clear left. 
So if you that's right. get too low this time, you do lose. And, and if, but I if you... didn't, I, I still managed to not get four clears because of all of the people who came to help yes, me. <laughs> which is the moral of the story. So, so you here's have to the get... thing. I just rolled a 17, <gasps> which I already can use my three, but I'm going to use my 10 and my three and say it is 30. You did it! <laughs> well, at the end of the baseball club, there's all the proof you need to prove to the CIA that the syndicate is real. <laughs> so you did it! Yay! You saved Ethan and you beat Solitaire Thank Baseball. Thank goodness for all the secondary characters. I know. I didn't even have to use Ilsa. No, she was. I, at one point, she was going to be at the end of something, and then I couldn't figure out where to put her. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Just much like, much like the Mission Impossible franchise, I misused. I didn't know what to do with the girl. Yeah, I misused <laughs> a female character. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that was fun for me when that I was. That was a to- lot of fun to play. I I like want to know, listeners, go ahead and tweet at us only the positive things. <laughs> 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 I I was like trying to figure I, like when I was thinking about solitaire I was like solitaire is not really a game because essentially all you're doing is just shuffling until the pattern comes out right yeah right it's like the most like long-winded way of shuffling cards <laughs> right because because you will yeah, like very rarely do you end up with a solitaire I, I, if ever where you cannot continue right like you can you can it does happen right it, but like essentially there's not like a lose state for solitaire most of the time because it's just ordering cards so i was like how does he lose this game because essentially he could just keep rolling forever and ever until he gets it in <laughs> order and i was like and how long will that take because the odds of him getting these things in the right order so it was very fun for me to try to figure out yeah, a way yeah. to make that work. And I don't know if it did because we did cheat a lot <laughs> in the middle, but it was uh-huh. still fun. But that's how Mission Impossible works. You, At the very moment where you think everything's going to go awful, the guy who you weren't really hel- counting on to really help you saves your ass just momentarily. And that's the one time he does it. It's true. And so uh, it was also thematically consistent with the episode. So you're yeah. welcome, listeners. That is a th- that, and that, that listeners was my, this is my solitaire slash Mission Impossible 5 slash, <laughs> oh wait, hold on. This is my solitaire slash baseball slash Mission Impossible <laughs> 5 RPG. Uh-huh. The reason that I did it is because Mike, we were talking about what the game was going to be in earlier <laughs> That's right. Yesterday, I was like, is it just going to be MI5? <laughs> he was like, is it? And I was like, I, I don't want to do MI5 because that's Mike's thing. And then he was like, is it just going to be baseball, but I'm playing by myself? And I was like, yeah, well, now yep. it has to be what it is. <laughs> it Cause, is. Because that's very funny to me. Yeah. And I want um, you to imagine, like, baseball players on a field <laughs> trying to get singles, doubles, and triples, but it's the same offense and defense. And so they're just like occasionally not doing good plays so that they can get a single, you know? Right. They're strategizing, like, if throwing the guy out at first helps you or not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay. Let's see. Let's we see. We talked Let's... about this movie as being almost like a return to the, like, tone, or, or not even tone, but, like, objectives of the first movie yeah, while f- like feeling more like the fourth movie. Yes. It feels like a, ret- it feels like a return to form of the original spy craft in the first movie mm-hmm. while still being like a modern blockbuster actiony right. thing with a lot of cool set pieces, man, when he's going so fast on the motorcycle. Oh, that whole sequence is 
so exciting. There's not like a dull sequence in this. I, I, I will say that like the sandstorm sequence in uh, Ghost Protocol is like hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the other sequences in that movie like really nail it for me. And I think the Burge scene is more interesting and crazy than the um, flying on the airplane scene. It's also fucking incredible. But yeah. like that's why I like in my head ghost protocol is like one of my if if not my absolute favorite it's just because of like the peaks of the wave of that movie are my favorite peaks yeah but this movie i think is much better of a movie that sentence or series of sentences is very star wars because yes I agree with everybody who says empire strikes back is a better movie than star wars a new hope but I still think A New Hope is my favorite of those two. Yeah. And similar with me and, you know, Return of the Jedi. I know it's not right. actually the best one, but it is my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I'm just going to see what the what the critics or what what Rotten Tomatoes says, because uh, I'm always interested in how, how these stack up. Let's After see. we talked about Ghost Protocol last month, though, I I like did recognize some of its like faults as actually counting against it as being something that like sticks in my head as something that is my favorite. I do think it's a close call between this movie and the first one and Ghost Protocol as to like which one I like the most. Sure. What's interesting is just like on Rotten Tomatoes, at least the score for the for four and five are like exactly the same yeah essentially audiences liked five a little more but the critic score is this is is one percent off 90 93 percent for rogue nation 94 percent for ghost protocol yeah you know what i think i think um i do like ghost protocol more just because of the cartooniness the reasons i like ghost protocol more make it a worse movie does that make sense yeah i think this movie is better than ghost protocol um but it's one that i forget a little more because i think that like ever so thin plot that holds the movie together is like less like graspable like in ghost protocol it's like the guy wants to blow up the world basically yeah in this movie it's like a little more complicated again to its credit it's more interesting because it's more complicated, but I like am able to like latch onto it a little less easily than I am to Ghost Protocol. I think that makes sense. Um, I- I'm trying to decide where it falls in my like favorite list because I right. honestly don't know. I feel like I feel like I, I I think I liked it more than Ghost Protocol, but then I also didn't because it frustrated me for many of the reasons we talked about earlier about like it's sort of you know withholding uh, or upholding western interests and stuff i was like i don't like some some of it didn't work for me but aside from favorites though i do think like what you said about it being sort of a better if less exciting movie uh is very star wars and so i Mm -hmm. think it does i'm just pulling up our our ranking of how star wars all these movies are because i think this actually might work out pretty well because i think that it's a little more it's a little less Star Wars than Mission Impossible 4. Um cuz we gave 1 a 5, we gave 2 a 6, 3 was a 5.66 mm-hmm. and 4 was 6.125. Yeah. And I think that makes sense to me cuz it f- this sort of does feel maybe somewhere 
a little higher than one. Right. Like it could be maybe a six. Because it's a little more fantastical than one. Yeah. They're both like spy-ish, but this one has a little more goofiness to it. Like Not it could goofy, be goofy like silly, but goofy like James Bond gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> like it could be a six. I'm trying to decide if it's a because the but I don't know if it's as Star Wars as Mission Impossible Two was, and it's sort of like goofy, strange, you know, prequel zeness. Yeah, I mean, like, like, um, talk about like a complicated movie that is a popcorn movie. Star Wars Episode Eight. The Last Jedi. Yeah, it's true. That had goofiness in it in the way that all Star Wars movies do, but it had like interesting gray area. And I think this one has a lot of that. Yeah, I think it might be close to that area just because of the the ways that Star Wars isn't the same way Mission Impossible 2 was. Yeah. But it's like it's like the different it's like, you know, how we've talked about we've talked about with other franchises before about how like it is Star Wars in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a dumb show. Anyway. This is a bad show. Um, <laughs> uh, Solitary baseball, baby. No, it's a really good show, and we really like making it. It's true. We do, and we're going to keep doing it, and that's yeah. a threat. Um, <laughs> well, do we want to do um, a unit of measure, or do we have anything else? Yeah, we Let me see my do a unit of measure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm split right now between um, yellow plastic floppy disk cards Um little gloves that say what your health bar is. Yes. And um flute guns. <laughs> oh yeah, flute gun is really good. I'm trying to see if I, um, I don't think I've any other notes. Yeah. Um no, Yeah, I, don't I think I'll notes. do flute guns. Flute gun is great. I'm jealous of you that you'd got it before me. <laughs> um I'm gonna say uh, acrylic glass or what? Uh, clear acrylic walls <laughs> uh-huh. to make a cube. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you'll have enough of them for this cube because I'm gonna give it. Wait. You do. I forgot how many faces are on a cube. I'm gonna give it six uh, clear acrylic panes to make yeah. a glass box. Yeah, I'm gonna do uh, a sextet of flutists <laughs> playing flute guns. I'm also giving it a six. I love it. That makes sense. I mean, that feels like it makes sense to me. Which means on our How Star Wars Is It meter, the number one spot is still Ghost Protocol, the fourth movie. Yes. And then sharing second place are Mission Impossible 2 and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. Then in fourth is Mission Impossible 3. And then the last place somehow is the first Mission Impossible movie. But that makes sense because it's like a spy action thriller. It's definitely and it very different. it doesn't have really all that much goofy shit in it what's, at all. What's wild is I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes things. And, and like Rotten Tomatoes are like you're – as you go further back in time, I feel like the, the uh, clarity sort of drops off in like what the ratings are because I feel like they don't have enough ratings. Does that uh-huh. make sense? But, like, Mission Impossible, the first one, got a 64 from critics. Number two got a 57, so it's, so it's rotten. Right. Number three got a 71. And then four and five get 93 and 94. And I'm like, are these both really that much better than yeah, one? Yeah, those, those two feel like they were post-Rotten Tomatoes becoming, like, commonplace and, like, yeah. critics like who they count as critics quote unquote <laughs> well it's also like those those all have like the the latest three all have over 200 ratings and like the first one only has like 58 ratings they're going from yeah, and I'm like right. what do you how can you it's anyway but also now we have to do our favorite order 
Yeah, right. Okay, so I, as we were talking about this, added a new category for my thing. My my past, quote, favorite was actually called good. Like, mm. which how good are they? And then I realized, like, like, well, that's not really the favorite order. So I have two different orders. Okay. My good order is, in order from best to worst, one, five, four, three, two. That's correct. <laughs> and then my favorite order is four, one, five, three, two. Okay. My favorite right now is still three and then one and then four and then two. But now I'm like having a hard time remembering why I liked three so much that I put it, it makes above sense. That one. movie is like really good for the movie it is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why I, I liked it so much. Anyway, but I think I'm going to put this one. MI3 is still my favorite. Then MI1. Then I'm going to say, I think I like it a little more than Ghost, Boat Ghost Protocols. I'm going to say MI5, MI4, then MI2. And then also Three, MI2 one, five, is four, so much further down, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. It is. It always sucks to be the one right above MI2 because yeah. I like all of these movies except yeah. for MI2. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want Mission Impossible 4 to think that I'm putting it in the same category as Mission Impossible yeah, 2. Yeah, right. Because I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. It's like how the Hasui scale, the jump from 6 to 7 is like an insurmountable task. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a uh, par- parabola. Yeah. Or whatever. It's exponential. That's the word I was looking for. Um, well, let's see. We did it. Yeah. Did we talk about the movie? I think we did. Did we talk we about Star Wars? A little bit. We did. We actually, I think we hit, let me look at the our goals. The, the thing that we have as our benefit right now is we had four other Mission Impossible movies that we already talked about in their relationship to Star Wars. So the fact that we compared this to other Mission Impossible movies yeah. is already inherently comparing it to Star Wars. It's a lot easier now because we essentially have a cheat sheet of right. where things fall, and so it's 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 easier to to figure it out, which um, I wish everything had six things in a series that we could compare. <laughs> that we've already talked easy. about. Um, but let's see. We should probably wrap up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram, and email us a good podcast at gmail.com yeah send us stuff we got a cool rubric of how to um mm-hmm. like scientifically grade movies um we've gotten a lot of other fun emails um so yeah we love getting emails we we really like that you can also leave us a review a five-star review would be awesome because it helps people find the show and while we love having the like small clubhouse of fans who like seem to really tune in every week, which we super really appreciate. We would love it if like maybe there were a few dozen other people who also were in the clubhouse. Yeah, let's open up the club. We'll open up the the the, the, the baseball club field, and we still have a long way to go while we are still staying within the bounds of small podcasts. <laughs> it's true. We we could we could grow a lot and still be a small podcast. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, tell your friends and do some ratings if you haven't and steal your friend's iPhones do those. And also yeah. you can find all our info in the show notes. And then Look, sell them. Yeah, sell their iPhones. Steal the iPhone, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, sell the iPhone. And then just <laughs> fence it, get rid of it, sell it, make money. Yeah. We want you to make money. Um, 
yeah, get look a at taste my... for it and then become a fence for other people trying to sell hot goods. Then steal <laughs> codes and get diamonds <laughs> for them. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, fine. What was it? Oh, yeah. Look at Mike's YouTube. He's got videos. You can find all our yeah, stuff yeah, in the yeah. show notes. I did but 31 drawings in October. It's about Instagram. time. It's about time for Teddy Bye Bye, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's probably time uh, for Tubby. Bye Bye. It's almost time for bed, almost. Yeah, no kidding. Well, like we always say, we, we love, love you. And may the force be with you. Bye. The the ending of this one's just gonna be us making noise. You want us on the internet? (laughs) We should do an episode that's just us speaking gibberish in the in the the tone and cadence of how we do every episode. Oh my god, that would be so fucking funny.